0: This is a question from my colleague Bree on Instagram and Bree says what is your process as you start planning programs for the year and what tips do you have for those of us who are new to them all together? Thanks for the input. I look forward to hearing the podcast. Let's jump right in because I know this is something that so many of us are thinking about as we make our plan for the school year. And even if the programs that we are planning for are not until the spring and say we're listening to this in August, the time to plan for those programs is actually now. So even though, um, you know, we feel like we have a lot of time until we have to make these decisions, we actually are going to start that process here at the very beginning of the year. If you have not started it before the beginning of the year Um, that is at the end of last school year before the summer When we think about the elemental parts of this question, we're going to talk about some prerequisite things that will be uh, questions that we'll need to answer before we can move ahead. And then we'll talk about backwards planning in terms of the content and the repertoire and the communication and the logistics. So let's talk about these opening questions that we need to ask in terms of getting our brains wrapped around what the next steps will need to be. And I like to start with some questions because that really frames the situation. There's no way for anyone to say, first, you should do this. Then you do this. Then you do this. Those um, quick tips kind of thing, those are going to be so dependent on your situation. So let's jump into some questions. Number one, how involved is this program that we're talking about? Right. So Brie is asking about uh, planning programs for the year. Well, what programs, right? <laughs> because something like, um, I'll go back to an informants. Something like an informants is going to be just drastically different than a spring musical with your fourth and fifth graders. So, how involved? are the programs that we're talking about? And what is the scale of the production that I have the capacity to produce from a musical standpoint? So just from a musical standpoint, do I have the capacity to facilitate a choir concert? Or do I have the capacity from a musical standpoint to do a a staged musical? In other words, do I know how to make this music happen? What's my capacity? Next, programs take a lot of planning and logistics. So as a project manager, in addition to the show producer, what is my capacity for that? If you know for a fact that you have never had any experience with putting on a program, with uh, doing all of the communication and all of that, uh, you know, I want to go back to Bree's question. Um, she says, for those of us who are new to them all together. Okay. So that's a great place to start. What is your capacity being brand new to this type of work? Maybe you're not brand new. Maybe you only feel brand new (laughs) because so many of us have already been in choirs, right? We've already been in orchestras or bands or pop ensembles or whatever it is. So the first thing we want to do is just zone in on our capacity to facilitate these kinds of events. Okay, next, what's the point of the program? What are we talking about here? What do I want families and caretakers and colleagues in the community? What do I want them to see from this program? Because that's going to direct the decisions that we make later. And then very last, what's the expectation from for the program? An expectation might be from the community, it might be from the students, it could be from administration. What is the expectation that I'm trying to live up to or that I'm trying to alter perhaps when I talk about planning out this program? What's the expectation and then what is that core value? So here's what I mean. A lot of times, We say, um, you know, I need to do a choir concert because my principal says that I need to do a choir concert. Or we need to do uh, a spring musical because my principal says they really want to see a spring musical. Is that actually the thing that the principal wants to see? Or do they actually, is their core value of that just a time for the community to get together and celebrate students? Is it, because this is another thing, um, you know, they really want us to have a talent show. Okay, is that actually what they want? Or do they want a chance for students to stand on stage and share their musical skill set or, you know, their theatrical skill set, whatever it is? Because if your principal has one specific idea of what a music program looks like, and program I mean as in a, a staged production if they have one specific idea of what that program needs to look like, then that is really good for us to know. However, if they just have a core value of something like community music or letting students shine or having a time for everyone to uh, come together and watch something that happens on stage, that's a very different expectation than a, a concrete, you know, staged musical type of thing. So let's jump back to these questions. How involved is the program from a musical standpoint? Um, and then what's your capacity to produ- produce it from a musical standpoint? What is the involvement in terms of logistics and what is your capacity in terms of logistics? What is the point of the program and what is the expectation for the program? so those are the questions that we really need to have in place before we are ready to move forward with backwards planning and backwards planning in a very short answer um, backwards planning is my highest recommendation for preparing for a concert let's talk about that. We are going to backwards plan the content or the way I think about this is the student role. So, what can students do in terms of musical skills? When is the concert? What types of uh, musical capacities will they have at that point? And where are the opportunities for students to show what they're learning at a conceptual level as in where where can they show what they understand as opposed to what they have memorized. Where are the opportunities for them to show their conceptual understanding as opposed to where are the opportunities for them to show what they have memorized? Here are some options. Could students choose a part of the repertoire, a selection of repertoire? Could they write the program notes? Could they develop an ostinato and create their own class class arrangement? Could they create a class arrangement by deciding on the form? So, you know, you take your piece, whatever you're doing, you analyze the form and say, is that the form that we like or should we mix it up? Let's try a couple different things. Could they create movements, maybe creative movement? Maybe it is more choreographed, right? Even if you are doing a spring musical, can students do some of that choreography? Could they compose a counter melody? All of these things about the actual core content of the event, not what students have memorized, but what they are showing a deep level of understanding about. Okay, that's content. Next, repertoire. This one's a little bit more concrete. <laughs> uh, when is the concert And what will we know by then in terms of musical knowledge? Before, when we talk about the actual core content, the actual core thing that students are doing, that has a little bit more to do with skills like improvisation or arranging or composition or movement. When we talk about the repertoire, we're going to think a little bit more about content knowledge. So when is the concert? What will we know by then? And how can I take the stress out on the part of me and my students? You know, we've all been, I shouldn't say we've all been it is likely that many of us have been in a situation where we are either the student or the teacher and someone says come on guys we only have three more uh, lessons until the concert everybody freak out right and if you have been the student in that situation that is a lot of pressure on a student who has not been running the rehearsals the student has just kind of been along for the ride right (laughs) if you have done that as a teacher you can understand kind of the the panic that comes from that statement or the panic that happens right before you make that statement when you're looking at the calendar and you're like oh my goodness gracious we have got to get measure 32 on we have got to get that together because we are out of time I do not want that to happen (laughs) Uh, so how can we take the stress out on the part of both us and our students so if the concert is in april let's just say then we need to start preparing material in x month and that is dependent on your specific program and what your students will know and your rehearsal process and everything like that but let's just imagine that if the concert is in april we need to start preparing in oh maybe february right just maybe Okay. So if we need to start preparing material in February, that means I need to have my song selection picked out by the beginning of February. That way I have time to make sure all of the materials are in, uh, if we're using sheet music or whatever it is. And then that's why we started with these big questions. Because if you're doing a musical, you will need to start thinking through, um, you know, getting the rights and, the sets and everything like that uh if your musical is in april you need to start preparing that concert material in terms of uh ordering you need to do that now (laughs) but if it's just a choir concert you will need to start that preparation in somewhere maybe around february or so okay and then we know when we are starting the repertoire prep process and then we need to have x song ready by x because we don't want every song to be in the same stage of construction right up until the concert so what is the first song that you want to have in a polished state and then you're doing some maintenance and you get to focus on the next thing and next thing and next thing after that so let's recap the backwards planning repertoire section. We're going to decide when the concert is and what students will know by then. By that point, what will be their musical knowledge level. And then if the concert is X month, I want to start preparing songs in X month. And then I have a schedule of what songs need to be at what state of completion, either introducing or working on it or polishing. I want to know that timeline for repertoire. That is typically, I'll speak for myself, that is typically what I thought a concert was. It was backwards planning repertoire and what students are going to do, or in other words, the musical part of the concert. Imagine my surprise when I realized that the musical part of a concert is like the tip of the iceberg, the stressful part for me is not necessarily the music. It's all of the other communication and logistics. So let's talk about that because again, we do not want to have a stressful concert experience. There's no reason to have a stressful concert experience if we start planning things out in a backwards way here at the very beginning of the year. So things like who is going to show up where and what they should be wearing and what spaces are available and what support you need and everything, you know, and programs and all of that stuff. So let's talk about backwards planning, communication, and logistics. First, let's talk about scheduling. Where does this event, this musical event fall in the school calendar? Great. That is the first thing that we can look at, looking at the calendar And you can sit down with your administration here and decide together where are some possible dates that work for both you and your administrator. This needs to be very, very clear. Next, where does this fall in the school culture? So we're going to start uh, talking to whatever after school sports leaders we have at our school, right? So like whoever is directing uh, soccer or volleyball or whatever it is, we want to make sure that we are not scheduling our concert the same week they have a tournament. That's going to be a, a rough situation for everyone involved. And then same thing, uh, your classroom teachers, the teachers who are going to be your partners in communicating this with parents. Do they have a huge project that they always do that week that you want to have your concert? Okay, we need to know that so that we can collaborate with them. Where does the event fall in the school culture? And then where does it fall in the community culture? So, do you have your middle school uh, band auditions the same day as your concert? Well, that's not going to work, or that would be very taxing to make work. So, we'll look at where does it fall in the school calendar from a logistics administrative standpoint, and then what does that mean for the school culture and what does that mean for the community culture? So, if there's anyone who has has a stake in that week in April. Administration, administration sports leaders, after-school colleagues, your after-school workers that come in and do whatever um, child care or student event programs, things like that, and then any middle school band director or choir director, things like that. Okay, next, we know when we're going to have this event. How do you reserve that space? What is the process in place at your school? Because what happens, (laughs) everyone has a nightmare like this. Again, I shouldn't say everyone. Plenty of people listening have a nightmare where right before the concert, they realized that the Boy Scouts are in the auditorium or uh, the NPR is being set up for the library day or whatever it is. So let's not have that happen this year. (laughs) How do you reserve the space? So we're going to talk to administration. We're going to reserve the space whether that is with your school secretary or uh, whatever it is, and then confirm that that space is reserved. Send that person a follow-up email. Great. I just want to make sure that what I'm seeing on the calendar is what you have on your calendar, that this space is reserved for this time on this date great so we're going to have that confirmation and then we send an email to everyone involved as a follow-up so when i say everyone involved does anyone in your school have any sort of access point to that mpr or the cafeteria or whatever it is so that is someone like the boy scouts that is someone like the uh, after school ymca anything like that we're going to send an email to everyone involved as a follow-up okay next what communication platforms already exist at your school that you can use to promote the event We're going to use those at the beginning of the year. So if there is a calendar of events that goes out maybe in that first week Friday folder, we want to make sure that our music event is at the top of mind as everybody is making their calendar for the year. So we're going to use whatever communication platforms are already out there. So a Friday folder, a school newsletter, the front desk, um, the school website, whatever it is. And then we'll make a schedule of communication periodically up to that actual event. So we have the big communication at the very beginning of the school year with (laughs) enough time for everyone to forget about it by April, right? And then uh, right when we come back to school in January, we're going to send something out and then a month before and then two weeks before and then the week of. And perhaps, depending on your school situation, you might end up doing more communication than that. But at the very least, we want to make sure that we have not said it once at the beginning of the year and sent something home at the very beginning of the year. And then when we get a parent email like, wait, what is this concert? We're not going to say, I told you about this in August. You've known about this for months and months and months because just because you told someone something, just because you put out a communication into the universe, (laughs) that does not necessarily mean that that communication has landed with the people it is supposed to find so we're going to use communication uh in kind of spread out throughout the year and then more communication closer to the actual event next in terms of logistics what support do you need so do you need risers to be set up okay let's think about that do you need someone on the custodial staff to help you with that is that something that you are planning on doing yourself is that something that you are going to use a parent volunteer for let's think through those logistics things like risers things like moving instruments if you need a piano accompanist like if students are not providing their own accompaniment let's start thinking about that so that is the category of support what other adults need to support you in terms of logistics and then we're going to have to decide when we're going to contact those people to help with that contact stuff if this is not kind of in your wheelhouse to just put out feelers like hey who can help with decorations for the musical that kind of thing put that in your calendar that says uh, you know I need to find an accompanist this week Or I need to find someone who can help me with risers this week. That kind of thing. And then uh, the, the list of logistics for a concert could be very, very, very long, depending on the actual program that you are doing. But let's talk about the actual printed programs. If you are going to have them, Uh, there will need to be a date to talk about a budget for printing. There will need to be a time that you have all of the repertoire finalized. There will need to be a time that you have the draft ready. If you are, especially if you're doing things like student names, uh, you will need to have that draft ready so that we don't misspell someone's name because I have done that before and it made me very, very sad. So we'll have to have that ready in time for someone to review it, hopefully classroom teachers. And then we need enough time to have it printed. Some people have the ability to print off their programs at the actual school. And so if that's you, great. Do it the day before the program. Do not do it the day of. If you need to make an appointment at Staples or drop it off, um, you know, at Costco or whatever it is, give yourself enough time to drop it off and pick it up and not be stressed. So all of those things, we're talking about backwards planning. Yes. All of those things go in your calendar. You are going to, in your calendar, make a list of all of the things you need to think about in terms of uh, communication and talking to administration and getting an accompanist and setting up the programs and everything like that. Uh, With that, you'll write that list and then you're going to write the date that you need it to be complete. So let's think about programs. You're going to write the date that you need the programs to be done. Let's say that you go pick them up the day before the concert. Then let's work backwards and write the dates you need to start thinking about that task. So what are the tiny little milestones of completing programs that you need to have done? And when are you going to have them complete? Just seeing things like that in your calendar, that is going to change your headspace and make it so you are not all of a sudden super stressed three weeks before the concert because you have been steadily planning along all of this time and everyone in your school knows that this event is happening you are not trying to you know days before the concert send out a communication for the very first time to your fifth grade team that this that this concert is happening we have these things put in our calendar and we have backwards planned for this reason okay When it is time to start planning programs for the year, we are going to ask ourselves questions about our own capacity to facilitate a program because we are not trying to be overwhelmed in May, right? So we want to decide our own capacity, we want to decide on the purpose of the program and make sure that our expectations are on the same page in terms of uh, what we are doing and what our administration wants us to do. And then from there, we can backwards plan the core content, the core thing that students are showing. We can backwards plan the repertoire and then we get to backwards plan communication and logistics. Productions like choir concerts or, uh, you know, band concerts or a spring musical, those are such important um, touch points for our community. They are so important in terms of giving students a sense of accomplishment and giving those big shiny moments that everyone gets to look back on in a really positive way. When we plan concerts, our goal is to keep the main thing, the main thing, and that is students. And so if we end up being so stressed about this production that we are snapping at students or we are losing sleep, that is a really rough place to be. So when we backwards plan, we get to keep the focus on the main thing we care about, which is students making music in community.